Hey everybody, it's Mike. Welcome or welcome back to the Revision Church Podcast. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download the Revision app, which is actually the best way to get access to new content and share it with friends. You can get the app by texting Revision App to 77977. Thanks for listening today. My hope is that this message will be helpful for you and would inspire you to take the next step on your faith journey. And well, good morning, everybody. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors at Revision. I'm excited to be here today. How about you? All right. Well, today's a special Sunday. We're calling Join the Team Sunday. And it's because we have this core conviction that drives everything we do at Revision. It's this. Every single one of us is gifted by God. No matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, you are uniquely designed and wired in a way that allows you to add value to the lives of the people around you. You have talents, you have skills, you have abilities, but they're not meant just for you. They're meant to equip you to make a difference in the lives of others, which means you have a created, creative purpose. Your creator dreamed you up and knit you together in order to be blessed by others and be a blessing to them. And the phrase we use around here to describe this idea, it's one of our core values, it's written on the wall out there, is gifted people give to people. Gifted people give to people. And because we believe that, we want to create space for every single person who's a part of this community to use the gifts God's given them in a way that builds up everyone around them. We are not a cruise ship church. We are never going to be a cruise ship church where you can just come along for the ride. It may be bigger, faster, fancier, and more comfortable, but that's just not the way God says he designed his church to function. And so Revision is, was, and always will be a rowboat church. We don't think we can get to the places God designed this community to get to unless everybody picks up an oar and starts rowing in the same direction together, which means we need you. We need you. And also, the Bible could not be more clear about this. You need us. We need each other because we're built to do this whole life and faith thing together. And we also need the people around us because serving them and using the gifts God's given us to bless them brings meaning and purpose to our lives. Like the skills, the talents, the gifts God's given you will shrivel up and die. They'll atrophy if you don't find a way to use them. Just like a limb that gets immobilized in a cast for six or eight weeks causes the muscles to to shrink and shrivel, your talents, your abilities, your gifts will shrivel and disappear if you don't find a way to mobilize them. And I know it's not an easy thing to do. Like if you're anything like me, it's a whole lot easier to look in the mirror and see what you aren't than it is to look in the mirror and see what you are. To focus on your inabilities and insufficiencies and decide that they mean you can't really make a difference in the world. And any of us who've ever dared to believe that maybe that's not true and started to feel good about ourselves, like, I don't know, maybe God can use me. Maybe I'm not so bad. We get set right by our children pretty quickly. They just, they course correct that. I was thinking about it this week and remembering a few years ago, Jenny and I took our kids to see Despicable Me 3 in the theater. And there's a point in the movie where somebody wonders aloud how Gru could have possibly gotten himself such a pretty wife since he doesn't have any hair. And right then, my daughter, Emma, who must have been about five years old at the time, exclaimed loudly for the entire theater to hear, well, my dad's bald and he has a wife. Like, 
What do you do at that point? Just wave to the crowd like, ah, it's true. <laughs> it's my superpower being married while bald. It's not a good one, but it's what I got. Then I had to explain to Emma later that I tricked her mom into marrying me while I still had hair. It was a, it was a fun time. Anyways, it's easy to get caught up on what we don't have, whether it's hair or talent or abilities or skills, and then decide that that lack leaves us unable to make any sort of a difference, but that's not true. Inside every human soul, there is divine catalytic potential. I want you to know this this morning, you have all the necessary ingredients to make a difference in a way that points people toward the love of Jesus if you are simply willing to give, love, and serve in ways that meet the needs that are right in front of your face. This morning, I want to look at the story of one of my favorite characters in the entire Bible. You guys may or may not have heard me talk about her before. I just think she's an incredible example of how no matter what God's gifted us with, no matter whether the world says it's important or significant or not, every single one of us can do things that point people toward the love of Jesus and reroute their stories. If you have a Bible or a Bible this morning, you can crack it open to the book of Acts chapter nine. If you don't have one, no worries. The words are gonna be up on the screen or you can follow along in the Revision app. And if you need one or your kids need one, we have them in a whole bunch of different colors for a whole bunch of different ages back at that next steps table. Please grab them before you leave today. They're free and we love it when they disappear. But Acts chapter nine tells the story of the early church. And in verse 36, we get introduced to a woman whose name is, wait for it, Dorcas, all right? That's her name. Don't laugh. That's mean. That, that was her name. And in Greek, it means gazelle. It's kind of beautiful. It's also incredibly stupid. I can't believe that thousands of years ago, some Greek dude, you know it was a dude, looked at a creature as majestic as a gazelle and went, we should call that a Dorcas. <laughs> Anyways, that's her name. But she's ironically pretty cool. This is her story. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was filled with good deeds and charity, which she constantly did. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged, please come at once. And Peter went with them. And when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed, turning toward the dead woman. He said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. Now, we don't know a ton about Dorcas, and the story doesn't give us a lot of details, but what we do know is that when she died, everybody around her looked at her lifeless body and said, nope, uh-uh, this is not going to work for us. No, 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 don't bury her, don't embalm her, toss her upstairs, we're going to find Pete and see if he can help out. And they were so serious about it, and she was such a significant presence in the community that Peter, who at this point in time was the leader of the entire Jesus movement on planet Earth, in the busiest season of his entire life, dropped everything and headed out on a 12-mile journey, which was a bit of a hike back in the day. That's not a 15-minute drive. But he went, even though raising people from the dead wasn't really a part of his job description. That's not something he had ever done before. He saw Jesus do it with Lazarus and then with 
himself. And Peter's like, I don't know how to do that. And you just imagine him walking along, praying like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I never raised the dead. And like, I've got a lot going on. And if you could just bring her back, that would be awesome. Because like, I don't want to leave this thing without her. And if you want me to keep propelling the church forward in the world, then you're going to have to do a miracle because I don't know how we're going to do it without Dorcas. Just make something happen, all right? That's quite a life to have lived to inspire those sort of prayers. That's a pretty big impact to have made. And if you didn't know anything else about the story, if all you knew is that somebody died and that somebody was so important, an entire community hit their knees and prayed for a resurrection miracle because they didn't know how they could go on without that person. Naturally, you think, well, that must have been a king or a queen or a great general or some sort of inspiring, innovative leader to be that irreplaceable, right? Wrong. Dorcas was none of those things. This is why I love this story. It's why she's one of my heroes. She was a completely ordinary person who did completely ordinary stuff. She just did it with extraordinary frequency and extraordinary love. She gave what she had to meet the needs that were right in front of her, and she left a legacy. And that formula still rings true for us today. You guys give what you have to meet the need in front of you, and you will leave a legacy. I guarantee it. It's three simple steps, giving what you have to meet the needs that are right in front of your face. And it leaves a dent in the world. You know what Dorcas had to give? Not the ability to stand up and give speeches eloquently in front of thousands of people. Not the ability to draw up battle plans and, and win wars. Not the ability to innovate and, and push whole communities of people forward. Dorcas had the ability to make underwear for old ladies. That's it. That's the whole thing she did. The Bible tells us she died and everyone freaked out. They're like, we don't even know if we can keep going without her. But the only specific thing she did that gets mentioned in Acts 9 is that she made robes and clothes for widows. And this word robes here in Greek is one of these places where we translate it into English and we, we round off the rough edges of the Bible to make it more appropriate for church people. It's this Greek word chiton. It means negligee. That's what it means, right? They wore underwear a little differently than we did, but it's the layer that went between the skin and the clothes. And I promise you, if she had done anything less awkward to write about or more important or more significant than making underwear for old women, Luke would have written that down instead. But he's writing the story. He's like, I don't know. That's just what she did. At one point, she asked, how can I help? And someone said, ah, the widows need undies. And she's like, all right, then. I'll knit them up. And it changed the world. It changed the world. And it's unbelievable because I, like, I think about her life and realize like, how easy would it have been for her to decide, I'm just an old woman with history's most unfortunate name. What good could I possibly do? That's totally what I would have thought. I have this habit of getting really hung up on my lack of ability and my lack of resources and deciding that that lack means I can't really do things that matter. And I know I'm not alone in that. It's really easy. All of us know what it is to feel like, man, the problems of the world are too big for me to solve. Like whatever this is, it's, it's beyond me. But the thing about God is he is completely unconcerned about our lack of ability and our lack of resources. And he's even less concerned about our opinion on whether that's enough to make a difference. We just get caught up asking this question, well, how much is it going to take? Lord, how much is it going to take? What all do I have to give? And God's like, well, what do you got? 
We're like, yeah, 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 that's not, what I, that's not what I want the answer to. I just want to know how much it's going to take and do I have what it takes and do I have enough? And God's looking at us saying, hey, I can fill in a whole lot of gaps. Just give me what you've got. And I've struggled with that my entire life. And I have this poem written on a post-it in my office and I probably heard it when I was a kid. But for me, it's been this voice constantly speaking life and truth to me in the moments where I feel like I don't have enough. It's been this reminder that all God asks me to bring him is what I have. So Noah had a hammer. David had a sling. Samson had a jawbone. Rahab had a string. Joshua had a sword. Aaron had a rod. Dorcas had a needle. All were used by God. Like, at some point in her life, this lady crashed into Jesus and thought, ah, there's a whole lot I can't do. Man, there's a whole lot of things that I, other people are doing for the kingdom that I can't do, but I guess I'm just gonna bring God what I got. I mean, there's, there's this need, Lord, I, I can knit. And God looked at her and said, knitting? Yes, I got this crazy idea that we shouldn't have a bunch of naked widows scurrying about. I'm going to use that. This is going to be great. And she knit underwear and God worked through that to change the city and draw people to himself. And it doesn't seem like a significant task, but it was significant in the lives of the people she crashed into. She absolutely did that, not believing for one second that God would work through her life to change the course of world history. She just knew that if she was faithful, it could change the eternity of the people she crashed into. And so she showed up and did this small thing that she could do. And it made a massive difference. I mean, 2,000 years later, we know her name and we're talking about her story. And consequently, the fact that the, the small thing she did was, you know, underwear making is why I think Peter kicked everyone out of the room when he tried to do the miracle. Number one, he'd never done it before. He didn't know if it would work. But number two, it says, you know, he's in there trying to raise this lady from the dead and all the widows ran in like, look, look what she made me. And Peter had to be like, oh, I am trying to do a miracle here. Get the grandma underwears out of my face. Go. And then he was like, all right. Time to look it up. <laughs> like, but she just did what she could. And it's the thing that most of us would say, man, if that's my only gift, I can't draw anybody to Jesus. I couldn't possibly make a difference. But the thing is, the reason we're talking about her 2,000 years later is that when we live like a Dorcas, when we see a need in front of us, and we're like, okay, God, this is what I've got. Use me to make it happen. I'm willing to leverage myself for something that's bigger than me. I'm willing to believe that gifted people give to people. I'm willing to bring you what I've got with open hands and trust that you will touch it and bless it. Then we leave a legacy, God works through us to change the world. And I know it's hard to do. I know it is because I struggle with this. I constantly have this thing inside me, this voice that's yelling out. And I know you have it too that says, yeah, but not me. Yeah, yeah, but not my gifts, not my abilities, not my talents. God couldn't like do anything with those that's significant. I can't be used to point people toward Jesus. I'm not a minister or anything like that. That's not true. You don't have to be a pastor to do things that point people toward the love of Jesus and completely rewrite their stories. Dorcas is absolute proof that that's true, that God can work through anybody doing anything when he gifted them to do it. Because I think sometimes we get caught up 
thinking that solving problems is for the professionals, but God seems to think it's for whoever is present. You can make a difference right here at Revision Church. I mean, this church is full of Dorcases. They're all around you. Look around. There's, there's Dorcases everywhere you look, and I want to share some of their stories with you. Check out this video. Because I'm convinced that every single one of you is where you are because God wants to use you and work through your life to write a better story for the world. Gifted people give to people, and you are gifted. And so for the rest of our time together this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. We've never done anything like this before. We might never do anything like this again. But you may have noticed as you walked in that there are tables set up all around the gym. And each one of those tables represents a different ministry opportunity here at Revision a different team that you could join to begin giving the gifts God's given you away, to like pick up an oar and help us row toward the destination and the vision and the dreams God has for this city so that the city is never the same again. A chance to be a Dorcas. And so in a few minutes, I have a couple announcements for you. This is how it's going to work. And then I'm going to dismiss you. What I'd love is for everyone to take 5, 10, 15 minutes and walk around and visit these tables. Each one of them is going to have a volunteer at it, except maybe production. We've, we already covered that. But each one is going to have a volunteer at it that will answer any questions you have about what it's like to serve on that team. They also all have a QR code you can scan. It'll take you to a short two or three minute video on YouTube that gives you an overview of what serving on that team is. Is like, And as you make your way around any of them that God tugs at your heart at, at all, like, say, maybe, maybe I could do this. You can put your name on a sheet of paper, and we'd love to give you more information about it. No strings attached, but we'd love to get you more information. And at each table, you can grab some candy. And so the more tables you visit, the more free candy you get this morning. And that's because at Revision Church, we are absolutely, unapologetically not above shamelessly bribing you to do anything. Like, again, we need you. We need more people to get from where we are to the place God has for us in this next season. And, and you need us. We all are built to be Dorcases. We're built to make a difference. And this is so much a thing God wants for you more than it is something God wants from you. And so in a second, we're gonna do that. We'll, we'll wait like 10 minutes to tear down. So there'll be no hustle and bustle of that in the background, but visit these tables, eat some candy, see if God's tugging at your heart to be a part of something. Here's the announcements that we have. First and foremost, you have a connection card and your bulletin. If you could fill that out, it's a great way for you to connect to us and us to connect to you. There's also an opportunity for you to write down prayer requests on there. Our staff and prayer team love the opportunity to pray for you every single week. So if you can fill that out and drop it in one of the buckets by the door before you leave today, that would be awesome. We're not going to pass buckets and receive an offering like usual this morning, but any offering you have and connection cards can be dropped in those buckets on your way out. The other thing I would like for you to drop in those buckets is the card that's on your chair right now. Every time there's five Sundays in a month, we cancel our services on the fifth Sunday. We spread out around the city to serve with nonprofits that are doing great things to help people flourish. Next Sunday, you have a chance to live out everything we talked about this morning in a really simple way, to take what God's placed in your hands, just your time and your talents, and give them away in a way that brings flourishing to this city. And so Reach Des Moines is a chance that we all have to live out this value that gifted people give to people. We really do believe that. That's why we cancel services. That's why we spend money rather than take in money four times a year because we believe that the city will not be the same 
if we're willing to let God's gifts flow through us. And so we'd love to have you be a part of that. We need you to be a part of that next week. Fill out that card, pick a spot to serve, drop it in the bucket before you go. And then last but not least, I'm gonna give you a really cryptic announcement. Next week is Reach to One. The week after that is November 6th. Be here. It's gonna be a stake in the ground future-shaping day in the history of Revision Church. God is doing some stuff, and I'm excited to tell you all about it on November 6th. But for now, visit some booths, get some candy, sign up, and then have a great week. We'll see you.